ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. I invite you to take your Bible, turn with us to Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. As we look at this text, stop, drop, and roll. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Stop, drop, and roll is a simple fire safety technique taught to children, emergency services personnel, and industrial workers as a component of health and safety training. Now, primarily, it's a method to extinguish a fire on a person's clothes or hair without or in addition to the use of con uh, conventional firefighting equipment. In addition to extinguishing the fire, stop, drop, and roll is an effective psychological tool, providing those in a fire situation, particularly children, with a routine that can be focused on in order to avoid panic. There are three main components to stop, drop, and roll. First, you have stop. The fire victim must stop. It must stand still, ceasing any movement which may fan the flames or hamper those attempting to put the fire out. Then you have drop. The fire victim must drop to the ground, lying down if possible, covering their face with their hands to avoid facial injury. And then you have roll. The fire victim must roll on the ground in an effort to extinguish the fire by depriving it oxygen. If the victim is on a rug or one is nearby, they can roll the rug around themselves to further extinguish the flame. Now, most folks would agree that this is a technique that everyone should know if you ever find yourself in a blazing situation. I want you to know that this technique will also work when we find ourselves engulfed by the flames and the fires of life. I want to show you some steps that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took to conquer their fire. And I believe the same steps will work for us as well. Because this is such a lengthy passage, verses 1 through 30, we've chosen not to read it in its entirety. But we will definitely make references to the entire chapter. 
Verses 1 through 12, I would show you stop. And in stopping, we must consider the fire. Verse 12, the fire touches those that are saved. Nowhere does the Bible guarantee the saint of God freedom from the fires and the storms of life. On the contrary, the Bible is filled with references to the fact that storms will come and they will be a part and parcel of the life of every believer. John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Job 14 in verse 1. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Ecclesiastes 2 in verse 23. For all his days are sorrows and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. Now, some people feel that being a servant of God should guarantee them from any type of troubles. I heard, heard a man once say the following words that when he was enduring a time of immense stress and difficulty, he said, why is this happening to me? I've tried to do everything the Lord wants me to do. What he failed to realize and understand is that the Lord does not promise his ser servants freedom from trouble. It can and will touch all of us, just as the Apostle Paul. He labored for the Lord while fighting a thorn of flesh. A thorn, by the way, that God refused to move in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. That wasn't all that happened to Paul. You can read further about his life in 2 Corinthians 11, 22 through 32. Serving God does not eliminate the possibility of suffering. Actually, it guarantees it. Because fire, according to verse 12, touches the separated one. There are some that feel that a clean life is a hedge against trouble. It's almost as if some saints use holiness and separation like some kind of voodoo charm to please the Lord. If I can be good enough, then nothing bad will happen to me. If something bad happens to me, then it must be some type of sin in my life. Many Baptists I know would make good Hindus because most of us seem to believe in the power of karma. Consider Job. He suffered like few other men ever has. And his own testimony of God in his life was that he was a man of God in Job 1 and verse 1, verse 5 and verse 8. A clean life does not mean a protected life. Sometimes God will take the holiest, the cleanest, the best he has and put them in the furnace, into the fire. Not so that he can watch them squirm, suffer, and burn, but so that he can use them for his glory to prove that he is still God. The more we know about the fire, the better off we are. When we realize that God doesn't send us there to destroy us, but to develop us, not to deteriorate us, but to refine us. It changes our entire outlook where the fire is concerned. 
And when you stop to consider the fact that God will sometimes take the very cream of the crop, the best of the best, and send them in the fire, it changes your whole perspective concerning the fire. So not only should we stop and consider the fire, but in verses 13 through 18, we must drop and commit the fire. Verse 13, the Bible says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I made. Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in verse 16, answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fire, burning fiery furnace, but, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. These men committed the fire to the Lord. When they faced the fire, they knew that they were insufficient within their own power. They committed the fire to the power of the Lord, and they trusted him to take them through. When we face our fires too, we should commit them to the Lord. Now, notice here in verse 17, what they did helped them to commit the fire to the Lord and trust him to do right by them. So we should learn from their example. Verse 17, remember your connection to God. Verse 17, if it be so, our God. Notice how Nebuchadnezzar spoke of God in verse 15. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that they were in a special relationship with the sovereign God of the universe. These men were the sons of God by faith, and that's a good relationship to be in when the fire comes near your life. The same is true with us. We need to remember that we are not spiritual bums wandering through the world. We're the children of God according to 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. Our God is the creator. God is our father. And it is of his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, according to Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Our father is all-powerful. Our father owns it all, and he's perfectly capable of aiding us in a time of crisis. If you are his child, you need never fear him bailing out on you. 
He's promised you to be with you every step of the way. Hebrews 13, verse 5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But you need to also remember the control of God. Two words used by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego makes all the difference. Verse 17. Our God is able. These are words of faith. These men were not dumb. They knew the fire was hot. They knew the fire was able to consume their flesh. They knew that they would die if there were no escape, at least from a human standpoint. And as they faced the fire, they knew what it could do to them. Yet as they faced the fire, they also were able to have faith concerning their deliverance. They knew that even if they were thrown into the fire, their heavenly Father had the necessary power to bring them through. My friend, God has not changed. He's still able to do anything that needs to be done in your life and mine. He's still God and he's still able. Even if you go in the fire, God is still in control. He has his hand on the thermostat, his eye on the thermometer. He's in control of the situation. Nothing has changed. In fact, when the fire does come in your life, it has to pass through the filter of God's perfect plan for you before it can ever come your way. Remember, the fire is raging in your life. And remember, when that fire comes, Romans 8.28 is forever in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. But I'd have you see in verse 18, remember your commitment to God. Back in Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 to 21, these young men, in fact, in chapter 1, they're younger at this time. They're new to Babylon. And they took a stand for God and they committed themselves to living for him and for him alone. This is a commitment that they took seriously. And here they're faced with their own deaths. And they are still determined to serve the Lord. They stood in the day of testing. And when the fire comes to your life and mine, it will often be accompanied by the temptation to quit on God or at least give up. However, God has promised us to help us in our times of trusting and our times of testing and our times of trials. God will not abandon you in your trial. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. I'll be with you to the end of the age. Jesus Christ walked a much harder path than the one you face, brother. And he didn't quit, and he's able to help you make it through as well. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shape and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Hebrews 4, verse 15. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but in all points tempted like as we are 
yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor. Succor them that are tempted. The word succor is an old English word in Hebrews 2 and verse 18. It's a word that if you'll research, it'll bless your heart. Because the word literally means he's able to provide relief. He's able to provide uh, assistance and even able to pull off a rescue. Reading that verse in light of that, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to provide relief. He's able to provide assistance. He's able to rescue them that are tempted. You see, the fires of life prove the reality of our testimony. It's easy to make vows to God when you get saved. It looks like everything's going to be smooth sailing. But when the tough times come, and they will, that is when you get to honor the commitments you've made to the Lord. When life heats up, we must remember that we are his and that he has committed himself to our care. So when the fire comes, and it will, stop and consider it in light of who God is. Drop before the Lord and commit the fire to the Lord. Trust him to give you what you need in the hour of your need. Stop. Consider the fire. Drop. Commit the fire. Verses 19 through 30. Roll. Conquer the fire. These men had stopped and considered the fire. They dropped the fire into the hand of God and committed it to him. Then they literally rolled right through and into the fire. And when they did, they encountered just what they needed, not to extinguish the flames, but to get through the fire. Verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. See, Nebuchadnezzar was a very prideful leader, and he decided that he, desired, he wanted to be a god. He wanted to be worshipped by everyone in Babylon. He was already the most powerful world, man in the world at this time, and he now wanted to be worshipped. Why not? One problem with that, he wasn't worthy of it. So he decided to have a huge party. And he put out a decree that anyone who did not worship him would be burned alive to the death. These three Hebrew children knew that their God was worthy of worship. And they knew that God would provide for them. Now, even if God did not save them from this literal fire and make them come out alive, they were prepared to serve him anyway because they knew that their God was worthy of this. Nebuchadnezzar was so angry. He commanded that this furnace be heated up seven times hotter. It had never been done before. It was so hot. It was so intense in strength and, and temperature that the men who cast these Hebrew boys into the fire furnace, they were consumed, they were killed. Nebuchadnezzar thought his problems were over. His rebels had been taken care of. They would never be heard from again. They would be just ash in the dustpin of history. 
And yet Nebuchadnezzar watched that fire. And the Bible says that he was a stony. That's an old English word. We can say that it means literally nowadays it means astonished. He rose up in a hurry. He spake to his counselor. Did not we cast these men into the fire? Did not we cast three men into the fire? The Bible says in verse 25, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. And the form of the fourth man is like the Son of God. Now, this is a Christophany. This is an appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament era. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not like the Son of God. This was the Son of God. Three men went into that fiery furnace. Four men were seen inside it. Only three men came out. Where's the fourth man? I submit to you, the fourth man, Jesus Christ, remains in that fiery furnace. For when you go through it, he's there for you. Remember that when you face the fires of life, you'll never face them alone. The Lord showed up right in the middle of their fire, and he did the same thing for the disciples when they were in the storm in Matthew 14. He showed up in lion's den for Daniel in Daniel chapter 6, and he'll be there for you. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 43 and verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. One thing else we learned about the three Hebrew boys, once they came out, the Bible describes them as not even having the smell of smoke on them or a hair of their head being singed. Only God can do that. Remember, God did not save you to lose you in a fiery trial. Verse 26, the Bible says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the fiery furnace, spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. You see, not only did Jesus Christ meet them in the midst of the blaze, he'll meet you in the blaze, and he will strengthen you in the day of trial. He saved you to take you through the fires and home to glory. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far, me, a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Romans 8 and verse 18, Paul says, For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. How did they come through the fire? They came through the fire with God's power. And you conquer the fire through God's power. Again, we're reminded that God, the God we serve, is all-powerful. And he's able to take care of his children. 
It doesn't matter that whatever you may be facing today, God's bigger than all of that. You don't believe me? Ask David about Goliath. Ask Noah about the ark and that flood. Ask Samson about those blinded eyes in the temple filled with Philistines. Ask Moses about those 40 years in the wilderness. Ask Joshua about Canaan land. Ask Abraham about having to offer up his son Isaac. Ask Joseph about the pit, the prison, and the palace. Ask Elijah about a dead widow's son. Ask Mary about virgins having children. Ask Paul about a Pharisee preaching the gospel. Ask a dying thief about a saving God. You get the picture? The picture is clear. Our God is able. Notice the comprehensive nature of God's protection. They escaped the fire with no apparent physical damage at all. You will probably not come out of your fires without some type of scars to show that you've been there. But even those scars will remind you of the faithfulness of God in your life. My friend, God has a higher agenda in allowing the fire to come in our lives. He brought this fire into the lives of these three Hebrew boys so that he would bring glory to himself. And it worked because when he called these, these three Hebrew boys out, Nebuchadnezzar's heart had been mellowed, had been melted, and he called them the servants of the Most High God. What an amazing, an amazing thought. My friend, he's still doing the same thing. He'll let one of his children go through the fire. He will sustain them. He'll bring them out in such a way he gets all the glory that men learn about him. Are you in the fire right now? Maybe it's time you stop, drop, and roll. That's good advice if you ever find yourself engulfed in a literal fire, but it's advice also that could save your life. If you're walking through the fiery seasons of life, stop, drop, roll. Stop and consider. Consider the fire. Drop and commit that fire to the Lord. And then Roll. Conquer that fire only with God. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.